Welcome to I'm Not Dead Yet with Judy and Travis, a podcast about living an extraordinary life with extraordinary circumstances. And welcome to the I'm Not Dead Yet podcast. I'm your co-host, Travis Robinson. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease at age 35 in 2014. And I'm your other co-host, Judy Yaris. My husband, Sandy, had Parkinson's disease for 18 years. I was his care partner. Today's episode, we'll be talking about executive function, what it is, what it means to have uh, a problem with that, and what that can cause in your life. First, hey Judy, how are you? Hi Travis, I'm good, trying to survive the heat here in Los Angeles. It's been kind of crazy. Yes, it has, and that in and of itself has played hell on me with my executive function the last week or so. I'm sure. But before we get into all of that, um, we have a couple announcements at the top of the show. First is that our listeners should all come to the PCLA Living Artistically show. That's October 8 and 9 at the Rebecca Mullane Gallery on Fairfax. Yes, that's 481 South Fairfax in the Beverly Grove area of L.A. And it's going to be really fun. The evening event, we're going to have an artist panel with a moderator, and then there'll be wonderful food and wine pairing, and you'll have first dibs on buying the artwork, which is really great. And then the next day... On the 9th, it's going to be the silent auction. So anything that has not been purchased on Saturday will be available for sale on Sunday. And it should be fun. Sunday is free, but Saturday night is going to be a paid event because that is our big fundraiser. So we hope you'll join us, folks. Go to the PCLA.org website. That's PCLA, that's Parkinson's Community, Los Angeles, Org. And the reason we're plugging this is because Travis is going to have a whole amazing project that is going to be in here. You've heard us talk about his Faces Project, the Faces of Parkinson's, and you're going to get a chance to see them. So maybe you're a listener that he's actually photographed and you want to see what you look like, or maybe you're someone that has never seen his work and you're very fascinated to see these amazing woodblock prints. So I highly recommend coming to check it out. Plus, there's 19 other artists that have done incredible work, and I know you're going to love it. It's really a testimonial to the creativity of people with Parkinson's disease. Yes, Judy, thank you so much for that kind endorsement. I think I have the um, record on submissions for this show, at least. Yes, you do, Travis. I have 27 uh, images on display. All members of the Parkinson's community 
of the U.S. Yes. And, you know, I want to say something about this, Travis, because this came out of our of a support group conversation about people not seeing people with PD, people not understanding what Parkinson's looks like, that a lot of people just think it's an old, when they think of Parkinson's, they think of an old person, an old man, especially hunched over with gray hair. And they don't realize that Parkinson's affects young people such as yourself. It affects women. It affects men. It has no race barrier in <laughs> from what we can tell and that has been proven. So everyone is affected by Parkinson's. Any race, ethnicity can have Parkinson's. And so this project is really to bring awareness to what PD looks like. And it has many faces. And it's really exciting for me to see what you've done and how you've made this come together. I, I'm just so thrilled. It's it's going to be a very wonderful show and very unique. Thanks, Judy. And again, all y'all out there listening, get thee to the Rebecca Gallery, October yep. 8 and 9. Yes, absolutely. If you have questions, send us an email at show at indiepodcast.net and ask us a question. See, I did it right, Travis. I know you're smiling. Yes. <laughs> very, anyway, very proud of you. Thank you so much. Speaking of executive functioning. So let's right. get to it. So, you know, Travis, I was thinking people don't quite understand what executive function is. So I think it's probably a good idea if we just give a definition of it. And when you sure. look up executive function, what it really means, it's executive function and self-regulation skills. They sort of go together, are the mental processes that enable us to plan, focus attention, remember instructions, and juggle multiple tasks successfully. And if you have PD, you know that your executive function has been impacted. There's no question about it, even if you're early on. In fact, for some people, that's how they start realizing that something is wrong, that something is really wrong, because they have lost the ability to do that type of multitasking and sequencing that is required in executive fun functioning. Yes, and there was something in that definition that you mentioned that made me think impacted. You mean like the Tygo crater impacted the moon? Yes. That's <laughs> the largest crater on the moon for those of you who aren't familiar. Yes, I would it say is, that's true. <laughs> it is a big fucking impact. <laughs> yes, it is. And, and I don't think anyone really gets away without having some type of executive function impact. I, th I think it's there, right. no matter how far along in your diagnosis you may be. Because chances are, if you've been diagnosed, you've had PD for a little while, maybe three years, right. maybe seven years, and you've noticed some shifting taking place. 
Yes, and it is very frustrating when you find yourself standing there at the checkout line of the grocery store for more than two minutes trying to answer the checker girl's question, a paper or plastic. That's a perfect example. That's a really good one, for sure. Yes. Doesn't seem like it would be a hard question, right? No, and it isn't a hard question. Let me make that clear. It's not like the question became harder. One's ability to answer it became harder. Yes. And I will submit that at least for myself, A big part of that is because through having PD and the myriad of other symptoms that we've ascribed to that, I have a million, at least a million different distractions going on in my head at any one time. And then it is difficult for me to even think straight. Yes, I think that's what happens, Travis. You have so many messages going out there. And the message of just trying to, number one, answer the checker. Number two, get your wallet to get so you can pay. Number three, you know, how you're going to transport the packages there. Aside from the fact that at that very moment, your hand may be shaking. You may have a shot of dystonia in your arm or your feet or your neck. Yes. Um, Let's see. What else? Your shoes might not fit right. It may be hot. Right. It may be that you suddenly have to pee. Yes. And all of these things vying for your attention would distract even the most disciplined of monks. Yes. And you could freeze. And for those of you that have issues with freezing or gait, you know what we're talking about because oftentimes that can occur when you're under that kind of stress. So it's very, it's very often that that happens and it can be a big problem. Yes. Because I don't think people realize how difficult it can be to just get through a day. Am I right? They don't have a fucking clue. And I say that as respectfully as possible. It's not your fault you don't have a fucking clue. But face it, if you don't have a chronic illness, you don't have a fucking clue what it's like to live with a chronic illness. Right. Even if you're a care partner. We were dis- I was discussing this with a friend today, that even if you are a care partner, we have our experience of what you're going through, but we really don't know what's happening with you. We can see it on your face. We see it in your body, but we really don't know what that experience is like. We know it is not fun. That's the one thing that we can tell you. It is no party. No party that I want to be at. Right. And I mean, not to say that life can't be a party and you can, can't can have fun and you're going to do fun, wonderful things, because as you know, part of our motto here 
is that you're not dead yet and you can do a lot of fun, crazy shit that you like to do. So, <laughs> you know, we encourage that as much as possible. But I, I think that as a care partner, you just don't really know. We we have a great sense of it, but it's it's very different. It is. And likewise, I will never know what it's like to bring a child into the world in the way that a mother would. That's right. And I don't care how many uh, births I attend or videos I watch or how tight uh, I hold the hand of the delivering mother. There is nothing that I can or any man I feel can really do to put themselves in that position to truly understand it. Yes, I agree with you. I think that's a, a great place to to go with it because it's true. There's just some things in life that we can't say we're in your shoes. If we haven't walked it, we can't really talk it. Right. We, we can be the bystander. We can be there to support you. But it does take a different point of view when you're actually living it. Yes. And I want to take a moment to invite all of our listeners, if you're enjoying the show, drop us a line, show at IndiePodcast.net. That's show at IndyPodcast.net. And if you have a minute, write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts. It helps other listeners to find the show. You know, I did want to come back to and revisit something because last time we talked about the fact that you were getting ready to take uh, a big um, mountain climbing trip. And right. I just want to touch base because we're talking about executive function. And how was it on this trip for you? How was your well, executive function? It was impacted like Tycho impacted the moon. <laughs> um and it was it was a rough trip i will be really blunt and say i have not suffered that much or that long on a mountain climb in a very long time hmm. and i know I I've, I've said before and i will maintain my statement that mountaineering is the art of suffering elegantly. So I did my damnedest to maintain my elegance throughout, but it was a suffer fest. Oh. There is no doubt. I'm sorry to hear that, Travis, because sometimes you come back and you're very energized and you're saying it was totally great. And this is the first time in a long time I've heard you say, that this was a struggle for you. Oh, we'll get into it a little bit more in a future episode. I want to give this climb its full proper due. <laughs> okay. But this was beyond struggling for me. Oh. And no small part of that had to do with the fact that as a mountaineer climbing, I have to keep a shit ton of things in my head at any one time. I'm watching the terrain, the 
from how I'm feeling physically from minute to minute. Right. How I'm traveling up a, a, a steep incline from minute to minute. The weather as it's changing from minute to minute. And everything that came along to distract me robbed me of energy so that I became exhausted just being there. Right. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, I, I know that you were looking forward to this particular trip. And um, it, it's hard to hear that it, it was not what you thought it would be. Oh, it sure as hell wasn't. Matt and I had a good laugh about the unknown nature of unknowns, you know? Yes, and I think the good part of this, Travis, is your last statement. You had a good laugh. So we did. You didn't stop. You may have cried. You'll you'll tell us at some point if you actually cried. But the good part is you did laugh about it. And I think that's the part of having this tenacity that you take with you when you take this kind of trip and your willingness to accept whatever comes your way when you're in the middle of it. Yes, that is true. There was not a whole lot else for us to do because as the rhyme says, When you're up, you're up, and when you're down, you're down. But when you're only halfway up, you're neither up nor down. Right. Which is where we found ourselves halfway up this God-forsaken mountain. Oh, my Lord, Judy. (laughs) Everything that I could describe to you, it was not just tough, it was will sapping oh and and you have a pretty strong will travis it takes a it's got to be bad if it's taken you down <laughs> that's what i want to say yes because you don't go down easily after two days of climbing these are full like 16 hour days of climbing we mm-hmm. had barely made it two miles in what and After getting uh, about 350 feet up the side of the ledge, we just said, you know what? The weather's changing. I don't feel like getting caught in a storm up here. And I said, no, man, the way I'm feeling, a slight breeze will knock me off this hill and I will go tumbling. So we made the decision at that point that we'd best get the hell out of there. Well, And we did. Well, that's good, Travis. I'm glad that you threw caution to the wind and you did not think that you were going to try to brave it without, you know, taking such a risky chance of going up this mountain. I'm glad to hear that you were able to make the decision to protect yourself and take care of yourself. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because the mountain will be there when I go back. Yes, And I will go back. Good. I know you will. I know this is, you're not going to say this is your last trip there, but I, I think it's really great that you could acknowledge the fact that at that moment, it was not the right time for you to continue on. 
No, it certainly wasn't. And I had so many things on my mind trying to juggle that, oh, man, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's part of what I wanted to talk about today was, you know, with this executive function, not really an inhibition. What is it? It's um, inhibited um, mm-hmm. that I am you know, forced to think out many more complicated decisions in a climbing environment or driving or wherever. And those decisions have life or death consequences. You know, if Mm -hmm. I decide to turn left into oncoming traffic, that's it. Similarly, if I decide that I can make it up the slope, but I'm wrong, that's it. It can have dire consequences. So I I think the lesson for our listeners is, the, the takeaway, at least for me, is that it's okay to stop what you're doing. It's okay to say, not now. And to know that there's always tomorrow, or there's a week from tomorrow, or there's a month from tomorrow, or a year from tomorrow. There will be another opportunity for you to do this. And the fact that you want to do it, I I think is really great. I I want people to understand that it doesn't mean that you're not going to go climbing again. I know when I had a very serious cycling accident, everyone said to me, oh, you're never getting on that bike again. And I went, oh, yes, I am. Now, it didn't happen right away. It took me a long time, months, in fact. It was probably eight months before I mentally could get up the courage to just get back on the bike. And I had to do affirmations. I can ride this bike. I can be safe. I will be okay. I know what to do. I went through all these things, this mental work in order to get, get back on my bike so I could ride and enjoy myself. And the first time I got on that bike, it was not enjoyable. I was not having fun. But I knew that once I could get past that initial experience, that eventually I would have fun again. And I did. But it's not easy for us to accept these challenges that occur for us. And this was a big challenge for you. Yes. And it remained a bit more than I could chew. But I managed to get it down without choking. Good. And <laughs> Um, I will be back to the buffet table at a later date. Great. I like to hear that. That's what this is all about, Travis. It's about you pursuing your dream and your experiences and just doing them in a different way sometimes. Yes. But still doing them. Yes. All right, Judy. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, Travis. Have a great day. Bing.